0: What's up Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Voss Talks tonight. Eastern Ultra Runner of the Year and reflections from around the nation. This was quite honestly one of my favorite episodes of Voss Talks. Great reflections on the year and just the discussion on Eastern Ultra Runner of the Year and Eastern Performance of the Year was amazing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: What is up Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to our 2021 year in review and Eastern Ultra Runner of the Year Voss Talks show. Voss Talks, the only uh, sports talk radio show about trail and ultra running. Um, Not as you might have imagined, named after the gentleman uh, to my left, Nick Voss, but after Voss Water, we were chasing a sponsorship. They they wanted nothing to do with us, but you know, had to keep the branding the same. So we brought Voss on to help out. Um, Anyways, with all of that said, how are all you boys doing tonight, Wesley? I know you just went on an epic journey to uh, get back to Utah from Ohio—very, very, very Hallmark-esque—and I'm, I'm really hoping that, much like a Hallmark movie, there's going to be somebody waiting for you there in Utah who can teach you the true meaning of Christmas.
2: You know that uh, the only thing that didn't happen over this trip back, uh, back west for me—I, uh, you know, a 36-hour travel day the past two days trying to get back here—I made it back two seconds ago for Voss Talks. I'm super excited to kind of dive into the reflections and the uh, awesome runners that we're going to highlight tonight. But Voss, what about you? What's up, man?
3: Oh, all good, man. Just uh, holding it down here. I'm, I'm still in Ohio. I've been here on a nice little hiatus from the mountains and uh taking it
0: easy and spending some time with family. So it's been good. It's good to see you in Ohio, Voss. I heard you got an honorary um, addition to being a Cincinnati runner now.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I've been at quite a few of the, the group runs around here. So it's uh it's been it's been nice. Uh shout out to Robling Runners and uh Andrew Waugh himself. Um always the the most hospitable uh host of the group runs there.
0: I think uh, I think we should move forward with our favorite section of the live show here. And uh who's drinking what this evening? Wesley, you you came in, in a in a hot moment. Do you even have anything in the fridge there or, or what?
2: I literally just had to check. I had no idea what I even had, but I did have another Blizzard Wizard uh, from the last time. So I'll be drinking this uh, Hazy Pale Ale. Kim, what about you? All
1: right, and I have <clears throat> the hound Winter Ale from uh, Big Sky Brewing here in Missoula, Montana. We have had some snow and I have frankly been loving it. Even the 20 degree day today was actually pretty solid out there on my run, so this feels very fitting. What about you, uh, Mr. Voss? What
3: are you drinking down there in Ohio? That's uh, good. Extra seasonal of you, Cam. Um, I've got a Foggy Geezer. This is a uh, collab from Three Floyds and the Brewing Company. It's a hazy IPA. John? Nice.
0: Um, I got this evening a Brewdog Lightspeed hazy IPA, and I obviously obviously have a reserve too because you, you always got to have those for this kind of show here. I've got the Burdog Elvis Juice Grapefruit Infused IPA, which is a favorite of mine as well. Um, so I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, and we're going to go ahead and uh, you know start by just letting you know that number there is on screen. If you want to text us, call in, share your thoughts about your 2021 year in review, or any of your thoughts about you know Performance of the Year, Ultra Runner of the Year for the Eastern U.S., um, go ahead, text that number. We will get you in the queue to call. But we are going to go ahead and uh, start by I'm going to announce um, our Women's Performance of the Year Award. Um, I was really stoked on this because uh, we put out that form for nominations for these awards. And the responses we got for women absolutely blew me away. More people were nominating women than were nominating men. I was super excited to see that from y'all, that everybody out there was stoked about women's performances, specifically in the East. And we're going to go ahead and get started um, with Fourth place, we've got a tie here, uh, and this is between Mika Thews at the Cloud Splitter 100 Mile and Holly Ann Swan and her course record at the Rim to River 100 uh, and her win there, and I believe fourth place overall. Leslie, am I remembering that right?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe so. All
1: right, and then we are going to go to uh, third place was Sarah Cummings' sec- uh, second fastest time ever and win at the JFK 50 Mile. Um, and then second place is another Sarah who was actually second at the JFK 50 mile and ran the fourth fastest time ever, but her win at the promised land 50 K breaking a 20 plus year old course record by, I believe a little bit lesser, a little bit more than 20 minutes. Uh, just absolutely incredible performance there. Um, and the winner of our women's Eastern us ultra running performance of the year is going to be Rachel Spalding's Hellgate 100 K course record, win and first woman under 12 hours on the brutal hellgate 100k course uh rachel we were so stoked to have you on last week and you got so many people in your corner who were nominating and bringing you up for this award even before this performance and i think it's really really well deserved after the year you put together
2: yeah what are the thoughts from the team nick do you have any uh any thoughts on these performances that you saw this year
3: yeah and i mean i think yeah uh, i think rachel ran away with it um with that hundred K performance. Um, just the order of which we're announcing these, I think is, is interesting too, you know, with, um, still with, uh, uh, Eastern ultra runner of the year, um, for the women coming too. um, I also, I thought, um, I thought Sarah Beal's performance was really, really, really great too. Um, I mean, obviously it has, uh, You know, it took second place there, but I think it was a big it was a big CR beat by over 20 minutes. Um, So that was a big one. And but maybe that's a little bias of being there for it, too.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree with those thoughts as well. I think you know the Hellgate course record is you know one that was you know people were chasing for for a while. You know, Leah said it set it last year, and then you know for Rachel to kind of come back and and set it again was was definitely a special race out there this year. But yeah, so many incredible performances across the across the East Coast on the on the women's side this year. So it was kind of awesome to highlight those uh, as we went along. What? Uh, so before we dive into the next award, let's toss it to one of ourselves and Cam. Maybe you can pick here who wants to start with our personal reflections um
1: well actually real quick before that i do want to throw some shout out to some of the other folks who got nominated uh for this award it wasn't just those four of course um but uh we really did have a really great response especially with uh the women's side of things um and some other folks who were nominated for this women's eastern u.s ultra runner uh performance of the year was Tara Dower's uh, run at the Blood Rock 100. Uh, Michelle G- magagnas I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I know I did on her show, but it's, it's been a hot minute since we had her on. Her overall win at the Big Turtle 50 miler, um, and then also a special shout-out to her uh, 11th place at Western States. After that, uh, Jennifer Russo's assist run at Ohio's Backyard Ultra also got a lot of love. Um, Sarah Beal, as we already mentioned, her second-place finish at JFK. Um, Rachel Spaulding, uh, her win at Old Dominion 100, even before her Hellgate performance, uh, was getting some mentions there, um, along with Nettie Zepatella's race at A Race for the Ages and Alyssa Clark's Pinjoti Trail FKT. And then finally, to uh, to round this out, we had got a couple nominations for Lindsay Sexton, whose uh, No Business 100 finish in, I think, about 32 hours, came about a year removed from uh, cancer recovery, if I remember correctly. Which is definitely a little bit of a different performance um, than what we normally see in these kinds of things. You know, we're going through that like course record, course record. And here's somebody who's definitely got a really blue collar attitude who went through a lot and came back and, you know, still showed up and, you know, didn't blow the doors off anybody, but certainly did her best performance. And I think that kind of stuff is also worthy of some nominations, even if I didn't, you know, have it at the top of my own personal list.
2: Yeah. No, that's great, Cam yeah
1: um and so along with that we'll go ahead and start with uh, our own 2021 reflections um of course that number is there if you would like to call in let us know what you thought about the eastern U.S.'s uh performance of the year um <clears throat> you know go ahead and do so our boy john will get you on the line with us um but yeah excuse me 2021 for me was really just a whole year centered around Rim uh, to River 100, which, you know, I signed up for it the minute it opened. I actually stayed up till the night on New Year's Eve only to sign up for that, um, which was a stupid, excuse me again, a stupid choice, frankly, because I got really terrible sleep that night. I wanted to fall asleep beforehand, and I definitely didn't need to. The race didn't sell out that fast, although, you know, Brian, we're uh, we're hoping for better luck this year with it selling out that fast. Maybe people will need to stay up, um, and I just. I think it kind of finished uh, for me what really was honestly kind of like a a two-year plateau or almost even like a little bit of a slide backwards um, that started around getting injured, you know, the same time COVID started in grad school, having setbacks and recovery, and then kind of getting my feet back under me, but not really getting back to uh, training with any specificity or any any intention, you know, and a big part of that for me after moving to uh, missoula montana was you know i wanted to i wanted to be able to have fun running again because before i left ohio i did not have fun you know doing anything frankly um and that was a big part of the reason that that it spurred this move out here for me was to chase you know my own version of happiness i'm, I'm 24 and single with a remote job why am i not living in a mountain town you know um <clears throat> and you know I think that training block from that perspective of, you know, I want to learn how to have fun running again really was that way. I had some of the most fun times of my life and I went on some really incredible adventures, both close to home and in some epic places. And we circumnavigated the grand Tetons together. I did 30 milers from my front door. I have a, a backyard mountain now that I can kind of call my own that I could go up. And that was a really big and necessary change for me that I think, you know, despite not getting the performances that I wanted out of 2021, not getting that uh, finish at Rim to River 100, that I definitely have something to take away for it and a lot of lessons to apply to my training for next year uh, going forward.
2: Yeah, no, Cam, I think that's, you know, great to kind of hear your thoughts there. And, you know, at this point, I think we're gonna kind of each kind of pepper each other with with a bunch of questions. And, you know, if you have your reflection that you wanna have, just text that number and we'll get you on to share your own reflection uh, rich Generation as well. But Cam, one thing I want to talk about with your year is, you know, you signed up for a bunch of races this year. That was kind of your goal is to gain a, a more experience at races. Because personally, I mean, you can probably name the amount of races that you've been to maybe on or have uh, raced on one hand at this point. But talk about, you know, what that looks like maybe for 2022 or, you know, what, what didn't work, what did work in terms of the actual like race days for you this year?
1: I think... I, I went into it um, wanting to use races as a part of training, right? B and C races. That's a pretty well-known principle. Tons of people do it, you know? Um, and I, I failed to do that in part because I, I failed to, frankly, properly periodize my training. And I failed to train um, above any sort of level, frankly, of like kind of a hobbyist, you know, um, which this is. Trust me, I definitely don't get paid to be this slow. Um, but I in the past, I always I took it more serious. Um, and I've frankly always kind of been a person who kind of takes his hobbies a little bit too seriously. Um, but I think in a way that it was it was a failure in how I originally intended to use them because they just they didn't work for that because I didn't have the discipline outside of those races to do the proper training, you know, like find how many speed works I did in 2021 on Strava. How find how many days I did strides even you know, I've got no excuses for the little amount of work I did other than just, you know, the headspace I was living in for most of 2021 and trying to get back to a better place after I moved um, in a way that I think was successful. It was definitely, um, how do I put this nicely, suboptimal 100 mile training. Um, If you are training for a hundred miler, do not ever (laughs) do what I did. Um, Kind of find your why beforehand and don't sign up and then, you know, know signed up 11 months out and then 10 months out you're kind of like i'm really not even convinced i still want to do this you know um so that was the big thing and then the other thing i learned from just doing more races is that sometimes you know like racing can be fun uh when you show up and you don't put any pressure on it it's just kind of there and i i signed up for two races this year uh the week of the cold prickly's 30 miler um, in Ohio put on by our friends, mid Ohio race management, Ryan Poland there. Um, and then the blue mountain 30 K here in Missoula, Montana. And I had a ton of fun at both of those races because it was just like, okay, well, I'm just doing my weekly long run in a different place. And I did not take it that seriously. I mean, cold pricklies. I was running up to the starting line because I was about to be late for my wave start. Um, that's, you know, just kind of the energy I had going into it. And it was, it was a really solid day for that. Um, But, you know, other than that, I think going forward, I could potentially use races and race more um, as a way to get the effect that I intended from them in 2021. But I've just, I've got to do the littler things first and I've got to be more disciplined every day before I go, you know, sticking with these grand goals, this, my, you know, I said it probably a year and a half ago that, you know, in 10 years, I want to win the hard rock 100. I think that's still a 10 year goal. I don't know when that 10 years starts to actually shrink and when it'll be a nine year goal. And then an eight year goal. Um, I've got to figure that one out eventually, maybe once I finally have a ticket for the lottery, but you know, that's, it still feels that far off. Like I need at least 10 years to even get to that starting line. um, Even though all this time has
3: passed.
2: Nick, any thoughts?
3: No, I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I think Cam did kind of what he set out to do in terms of, uh, setting, you know, setting those goals and, and racing more. Like I, I think newer ultra runners can benefit a lot from racing more and, uh, kind of like Cam said, it's just how you approach it, how you go into it. Um, you what that, the mindset that you take into it. Um, I think clearly from, the, you know, listening to Cam describe it, like. We just, we we see things a little differently in terms of what we're doing and why we're doing it and everything. Um, so it, it just takes a much more analytical approach, um, but there's nothing nothing wrong with that.
2: John, what about you? Uh, you, uh, you beat Cam at basically every single ultra marathon that you two raced uh, against each other at this year. Uh, what, are
0: your, what are your thoughts uh, on this year? I was waiting until <laughs> I was talking about my reflections before I talked about how uh, Cam got bodied this whole year by me <laughs> running. Um, but I, I deserved it, honestly. I earned those losses. <laughs> but you still got up and you still showed up at every single one of those races, I think, except for one, right?
1: I don't think I had any DNSs. I definitely I had some DNFs. Um, yeah. I don't think I had any DNSs. I think
0: you had the DNS when you moved. You dropped out because you moved or you didn't actually sign up for TuscaZor because you were moving. Oh,
1: I did, but, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But – all said and done, I think I think Cam accomplished his goal of, of getting out there and experiencing different courses around, uh, you know, the area and whatnot. And I'm hoping to see him grow next year into that and experiencing some different types of races out in uh, Montana in that area. Um, I think it'll be really good for for him. So I'm excited for that.
2: Definitely. And uh, moving right along, we actually have our first caller, I believe, in the queue. So let's get them on the line right now and uh, kind of have them give their reflections for the year. Who do we have on the line and where are you from?
4: It's Michael Gam. Can you hear
2: me? We've got you, Michael. How, how are things going with you? You there, Michael? You still there? Oh, we might have lost Michael for a second. Uh, we can try to get him back on the line here in a second, but... Um, Michael, have us, I call us back, and we'll uh, we'll get you on the line here, and we'll uh, to try this again. But yeah, no, I'm excited to hear Michael's uh, story from this year. You know, he's kind of had a uh, you know an incredible year, and I'm excited to kind of hear him talk about it uh, in his perspective. Um, so it's going to be cool to kind of hear that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back him back on here. Uh, that's the fun part of live shows here. Is we got to play with the technology as we go. So. Uh, rolling right on though, maybe we should look at, um, Nick's year in review I think we'll put you in the hot seat next.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to jump into it. I think first, uh, looking back at the year, if I kind of go in chronological order, cause that's the easiest thing for me to do. Um, I think the, my, the start of my year started off, um, pretty consistent. And I think that's big thanks to the SEOTR winter virtual challenge, um, that started off this year. And, shout out to that, that race it's happening again. Um, anybody in Ridge runner nation who hasn't signed up, get in on that. Um, we've got a team going again this year. So, um, happy to get out there and log some miles. Um, so that's a great way, um, to start the year and it started off pretty good for me. And then I think I got a, a little bit of a gift from, from cam in our, our uh, goals (laughs) there where he, uh, decided to you know take a shot at me and say hey I'm gonna beat you by 20 miles or 20 hours I don't remember how many he said he's gonna beat me by at OBU I think
1: it was 20 miles and then it became like five hours um, <laughs> I was pretty ambitious I really didn't think I had 80 in me um but you know
3: we'll leave my performance at OBU for another day <laughs> <laughs> so that kept me I think that kept me honest with my training you know a little bit going into OBU um but I'm just uh I think I've just realized that, you know, I've got to kind of either be happy with being a lower volume, um, runner in terms of the day-to-day stuff and balancing, you know, life with that, um, and how that translates to ultras. I think it does okay for 50 Ks and maybe even 50 miles. Um, but then, you know, as the year progressed, I, I went for some, some tougher races and, Honestly, I got to, I got to just blame Wes. I mean, if both the races he came to DNF, both of those. So I think Wes is bad luck too. So I don't know. I, I think I just need, I need new crew, new friends. I don't know. No, no, but no, but that, honestly, honestly, I, I had a blast, even those a couple races I DNF at scout mountain and then run rabbit later in the year. Um, they're just a, a product of, of lack of volume and, and not being prepared. Um, so you know but those are still both new places new trails to run for me um had a great time still learned learned a decent amount and i still find that every year i'm I'm able to recover from races better um and faster than previously so i think that lifetime experience lifetime miles thing uh there really is something to it so onward and uh upward hopefully
2: yeah, no, that's great. And uh I'll I'll just stop coming to your races, man. You know, I had fun going to Idaho and I had fun going to Colorado and first the run rabbit run. But you know, if that's what it takes and even OBU, you know, I was there for you there and uh Promised Land, I think too. So you know, we had we had a couple of good adventures this year, but you know, I'll just hands off for twenty twenty two. That's it's all good.
1: Yeah, I will say, um I think at Promised Land fifty K actually both my car breaking down on the course. Um, and then the three of us being the only guys who were there at like 1 (laughs) PM the, the day before to have the Porta potty guys think that we were involved and ask us, Hey, where do we drop these off? I actually, I think that was integral to Nick's race. So you need to wish for some bad mechanical luck for me. Um, also you gotta start showing up the things earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that's where your next year's journey should go.
3: Yeah, we should have played a prank on, on Horton and had those had him drop off those porta-johns like all the way in the back side of that field or something, just way out of the way. <laughs>
2: <That's laughs> Would have, have been incredible. Would um, have been incredible.
0: looks like we've got uh, Michael back in the waiting room here. So we're gonna go ahead and bring him in again and see if this this works this time around. Michael, are you there? Can you hear us?
4: I can hear you. Can
0: you hear me? Perfect. Great. We were just talking about uh reflections this year. So we were kind of looking back at the this, you know, this whole year for each one of us and was hoping to see what what yours was like. What, what did what was your year like for running and, and what were your favorite moments?
4: Uh, my my favorite moment is I think back over the year and you know, you mentioned reflections and looking back and looking back is something I don't really do. I don't really think I have a rearview mirror on my vehicle. There's just an accelerator, so we're just moving forward. Uh, but as we're coming to the end of this year, I was thinking back at the beginning of the year when you guys had your goal episode, and I, you know, responded. I said I have one goal: I want to stay healthy for 2021. Um, and so, by golly, I stayed healthy for 2021, and for the first time in several years, I made it to every starting line that I for every race that I signed up for, and every finish line. Uh, so, just couldn't be more happy than that. Uh, but as I reflect more on 2021, I'm sure all of us have seen the year, the Strava year review things come up with all the data and numbers. I got to thinking more reflective over the past and data aren't goals, they're outcomes. Um, it's outcomes of the other things that we do in life. So the simple thing about being healthy, that's what resulted in the goals that, that happened to occur. I mean, that was an outcome of other things. Um, and as I look back over 2021, i happy about that, but the thing I think that we do sometimes lack or I see is the Strava numbers don't tell the story. Um, what about the people? I'm seeing here looking at two people who a year ago hadn't finished 100-miler. Um, I don't know if any of you saw Maggie Salander's, like video at, when she finished the Shawnee 50, like a few minutes before cutoff where she was dancing. Um, that's what 2021 is about. Uh, my friend Buck Michael finished a hundred miler in 120 in under 24 hours, like his first hundred miler. It's like all those things to me like mean a whole lot more for 2021 than any goals or any numbers. So that's my reflection looking back and look forward to what I would offer to you know, everyone on the call tonight. Just like think about that. The numbers are interesting, but you know, think about it. No one's going to remember your numbers. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. I love that you're bringing, like, your best moments are other people finishing, too. Like, you talked about all these other people finishing their races, and you're like, that's what I remember from the year. And I think that's that's awesome as as a part of reflection to look back to be like, I succeeded, but also all these other people who did succeed as
4: well. So. Absolutely, John. And whenever we were at Alley Marathon, you and I saw Sam Hartman put on uh, just an out-of-the-park, first-class event, right out-of-the-gate, wonderful, like, trail marathon down there in alley park um i got to stand there and high five i don't know how many people how many times as they did that loop over and over and over again and i stayed there long enough that i got to have the pleasure of hanging finisher medals i think of almost everyone that finished that race and so i saw people hey this is my first half marathon it's like seriously you picked this for your first half marathon uh 500 feet per loop i mean so i mean just outstanding performances so um, that's really what I like. What you guys are doing with this show and what these conversations come about It's like running is just ancillary. It's like all the human part of it is what the stuff that really matters. Uh, we see the successes and the successes are great, uh, but there's also the failures and struggles in there as well. Um, and you know something I'll share here this evening. It's like I don't. I haven't shared a whole lot. It's like I suffer with sometimes like some anxiety issues. Like running is a place where it gets me well. Um, you know, we see the strengths, we see the accomplishments, but you also often don't see that sometimes like what you see as like a phenomenal performance may not have like the strength behind it that you think is there. So I think as we share our strengths and also share our vulnerabilities, we move all this forward just another step or two. And I think that that's just a much bigger thing than even running.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, even, like, I think many many of the runners listening can probably definitely agree with you in their own ways in terms of how running is beneficial for them, you know, mentally and, and whatever. Uh, for them, each individual person is what I'm saying. Yeah. So. But.
2: Yeah. Quick thing I got here uh, from Michael, you know, you kind of talked about the, you know, the human element of running and, you know, you kind of, before that, you were talking about how you were able to kind of toe the line at more races and you stayed healthy in 2021. Maybe talk a little bit about that. You know, the goal for, you know, everyone or, you know, looking back at a year, you know, health, being healthy throughout the whole year is obviously always goal number one. What did you do really well? Was there anything you added differently in your training this year that was incredibly successful or what tips do you have specifically for Regeneration?
4: Uh, the tips I would have is don't do it the way I did and learn it all the hard way by making all the mistakes and figuring out what not to do. Um, so the things that you've all heard, you will probably it over and over again, so much that they're cliche is like cross training is important. Take days off, rest, you know, you know, going out and hitting it hard on every training run is not going to get you anywhere other than injured. Um, and I'll share this, you know, with you, Wesley, it's like, I, at one point in my life, had a running streak that went for at least 5K at the minimum for 10 straight years. And I'm not proud of it. It just got me hurt. Um, it didn't move me forward at all. So, you know, I've learned some things to apply. It's like I don't run more than five days a week. You know, you'll see me on bicycles. You see me doing strength training. You see me in the pool even occasionally. It's like, you know, mix it up um, and, you know, don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, it's you know it's more important to stay healthy than it is to like log 100 mile training weeks. So if you log a 100 mile training week and you're injured, you're not going to finish anything anywhere. So,
2: yeah, no, I appreciate that answer, especially talking about the longevity aspects of it. I think you know maybe people get so you know focus like focused in on one training block for one race and you know don't really look big picture. And I think the kind of approach that you took for the whole year was one that uh, a lot of people should kind of consider for 2022.
4: Yes. Be patient. Um, um, just, um, be patient. Um, also the other thing that's cliche is like, you know, you do need to put in enough training. Uh, so you do need to prepare, but, uh, you know, there's a point where it is diminishing return. And I, I can tell you from experience that I have hit that point far too many times. Um, went too hard, too fast, too long streaked for too long. And it, it ended up getting me injured. And also at the, the other outcome was I lost the joy of why I was doing it in the first place. So, you know, all the things I said before, it's like, I would trade all the medals on the wall, all the things in, that you know I've accomplished in these stats that's up on Strava for all those human connections over 2021, because ultimately all the rest of that stuff doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's just going to be forgotten. Uh, the impact we have on others is the stuff that moves forward. That that expands upon itself. You know, it lives beyond us.
0: Yeah, I love all these reflections and, and talking about everything from the year. So uh, I appreciate you calling in today and talking to us and, and uh, talking about all the reflections from, from the year and all the people that, who did good this year. So, uh, again, thanks, and um, hopefully we'll see you out on the trails in the spring somewhere.
4: All right, guys, keep up the good work. We appreciate it. Thanks, mm-hmm.
1: bye You know that's that's one thing you don't uh, get out here much more in Montana. That was a very midwestern. That mm-hmm, goodbye. Um, it's got to be kind <laughs> of that, that two syllables. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, where yeah, definitely definitely appreciate that from Michael. I will say I didn't want to I didn't want to call him out too much when he was on the line because um, I I know what he could say about uh, how this year went for me. But you know if you say you know you don't see uh, people's um, you know, their emotions, what they're going through on Strava. And I'm going to disagree. If you follow me, you know what I'm going through. Um, you know, how Strava changed their their thing to have that, like, put your private notes here when you uh, edit your activity. I think that might solely be targeted at me. <laughs> I still refuse to use it. So, uh, if I'm
2: having a bad day, you're going
3: to know
1: about it, you know. That's just life. Um, so that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, and maybe a reason to unfollow me if you don't <laughs> like it, because... I'm not going to change that. I use
3: Strava for me. Um, <laughs> well, I think I think there was a lot to appreciate though with what uh, what Michael was saying there too. And I think the the one thing that resonated with me the most, um, obviously, him talking about the the people you know and the experiences um, that we have, and that's kind of what really matters, not the numbers. Uh, I think that's an easy thing that it, it it definitely resonates with me. And I think a lot of times in the past, I felt like I was maybe deflecting away from the numbers or, you know, trying to trying to use those things. And in my head, it was a little bit of that, like either imposter syndrome or just def- like telling myself, oh, you're just deflecting by talking about those things. But I think, uh, you know, hearing him say that it's it's pretty clear. It's you know, it's not it's not deflecting that, you know, if that's what really matters to you. You know, I think that's that's what motivates you and keeps you going. And, and that's a good thing to to reflect on at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's fine to set goals. Uh, but at the end of the year, it's not really about the numbers because they don't tell that story.
0: Words of wisdom from Nick Voss.
1: Absolutely. And uh, some, some words of wisdom from Michael Gamp. You know, there's no rearview mirror on his car.
3: So you've got a car. <laughs> You're listening to Voss talk. To you, now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> Take it out. Dude, not needed. You see Michael driving. You go the other way. You get away from him <laughs> yeah. as fast as you can. He's got no mirrors. <laughs> He's got
1: no music. He doesn't need him. He's not going back.
3: You know what they say about Ohio drivers. You
2: can't have them. Can't have a damn deal with Ohio drivers. It's people uh, driving with two feet in the state. It's, it's a crazy thing. But uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into, uh, Nick, your award that you're going to announce now. Um, it's going to be uh, the men's uh, performance of the year award.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about the men's performance of the year. So not to be confused with the ultra runner of the year in the East. Um, so for this one, um, we had a lot of, a lot of really great entrants as well. Um, as camp said, not, not quite as many as the women, of course, but uh, I think for this one, there were some more clear cut, uh, favorites for, for some of the performances that we had. So going through, um, number four, we did have a tie. Um, this one was between uh, Michael debova at Hellgate uh, setting the course record in the hundred k there and uh, Arlen Glick winning at Havelina uh, hundred which I, I was a little confused I read the form as saying that the rate the performance had to happen in the east but that was one of them uh, one of them on there too that you know honestly I didn't even consider um, so those those tied for fourth place uh, third place we have uh Adam Peterman uh, so a montana guy but Racing in the East uh, with his JFK 50 win, that was the second fastest all time, uh, just a few seconds slower than Hayden Hawks last year at JFK. Uh, and then second place, um, this one was a pretty big one. Uh, so Zach Bevin, his, uh, his strolling gym course record and win at the 40 miler um, down there, that course record has been in place for a long time. They've started incentivizing people to come and break it by increasing the prize money um for that course record. So cool to see him go down and take that one. Uh the last one so our, our number one um performance of the year and uh I think if you didn't see that this happened in the ultra running world, you might have been uh sitting out the whole month of October, but it's uh it's Cincinnati's own Harvey Lewis um taking down uh finally getting the win at Bigs um, and winning the backyard down there, uh, world record. It's the longest that anybody's ever gone. Um, uh, I, I actually, I don't even, I don't remember the exact numbers. Anyone remember what that was? It was 350 some miles.
0: I think it was 350.4 or, or something. like Yeah. That, right mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. yeah.
3: Just incredible. absolutely in, incredible. Um, there. And then, uh, uh, while we're at that, I know we can mention one of our, our, our honorable mentions are the people that were Uh, Nominated there was Chris Roberts also with the assist, you know, to help get Harvey Harvey there to that point. Um, So I'll run through just the others that we nominated and then we'll, uh, we can dive into those. Um, But the other nominations, Caleb Bowen, his rim to rim to river 100 win and course record there. Um, Arlen Glick, his win at Mohican and course record there, which was another big course record at Mohican. Uh, Daniel Green, second place at Rim to River in his 100 mile debut. Uh, so I think that's interesting. You know, showing up and throwing down such a fast time in your debut is, is notable for a performance, too. Uh, Greg James at Cloud Splitter 100. Um, and then the last one that was nominated here was Brian Ames, his 100K run on the power lines in Cincinnati. So, and personally, I, I got to experience those just um, last week. And uh, it's a it's a fun little off trail kind of, in 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 between neighborhoods kind of in Cincinnati that just rolls up and down a couple, couple of hundred or two hundred foot hills there. So 100K on that is pretty impressive as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think the the very first thing that comes out for me is you know, how how do you not have, Harvey Lewis winning performance of the year? A, but I just I feel for Zach Beaven because any other year. He's a runaway winner, in my opinion. I think his strolling gym performance was phenomenal. Um, I mean, he beat Harvey Lewis that race. It wasn't an A race for Harvey. He was using it to tune up for Badwater, uh, which I believe he also won. But um, just the performance, and if you've never seen or heard about the strolling gym course, it is a road 41-miler with, I believe, 3,000 feet of elevation gain and loss, which is just an incredibly hilly road race. And Zach ran it at around five thirty-six pace, I want to say, if I uh, if I remember correctly, which is just like mind-boggling for me to run that fast on those hilly of roads for that long. Uh, it's also it's another one of Laz's uh, other races that he does. I think you know his non-Barkley races don't get enough love. Fall State uh, seems really incredible, and this Strolling gym here too is a really historic ultra as well. Uh, it's been going on for so long. Um, to see somebody go and, you know, break the course record. And Zach Beaven was really, he was really open about it. He's like, I want to break this course record. This is something that I think I can do. Um, and to see him finally break that, I think was was really incredible. And I also got to shout out his, uh, his race report that he wrote about it. Um, I think race reports are kind of like a dying, like a dying art uh, to write one that's both entertaining and you can have takeaways from. Maybe if I ever finish a race, I'll try to write one myself. Um, but, you know... <laughs> I, I really got to hand it to Zach on that note as well. Um, I think if Zach's in one of Harvey's government classes that he teaches, that's A plus SA uh, in his Strolling Gym Race report. So those are those are my thoughts about that list. Um, Wesley, what do you have to add?
2: Yeah, so I, first off, you know, agree with everything you said about, uh, you know, the strolling gym performance, but I do want to, you know, take another second to congratulate Harvey on this incredible accomplishment for setting the world record, you know, going to Ohio's Backyard Ultra and, you know, using that and, you know, kind of, you know, learning a lot of things through that race. You know, he has so much Backyard Ultra experience. He's been there, he's done that in the scene, but to go down to Biggs this year and compete with the the top people was truly, uh, you know, the performance on the East Coast for this entire year. So well-deserved Harvey. Uh, One thing I do want to mention, Cam, you mentioned race reports. Someone who wrote an incredible one about the Hellgate 100K. He's actually in the chat right now. Uh, Chris Roberts, he said, thanks for the honorable mention, y'all. Much appreciated. Chris, you did a phenomenal year uh, this year with, uh, you know, your assists at the backyard ultra you know the other races that you uh accomplish as well um you know the at capital and bigs and then uh you know hellgate and all, all the other ones so congratulations to you on the on the incredible year that's kind of my my thoughts is you know there are so many epic performances you know Ireland's west coast performance you know and Ireland breaking the uh, mohican 100 uh modern day course record i believe that i don't think it was the Road course record back in the day, but you know the modern record the one that that really counts on on the new course. So, so many epic performances this year, and can't wait to see what's uh, in store next year. John, do you got anything?
0: No, I don't have anything else really to add besides uh, you. Kind of got all the the fun aspects in regards to Harvey and Chris's performances out there. I mean, I, I was sitting there, you know, waiting and, and just hoping to, to see it go to 400 when they just blew past 300. Like it was a joke. I was like, I don't know what's, what's real anymore. I was questioning my existence in life um, and watching them go towards the 350, 400 range. Um, and that, that part right there was great. Even um, looking at uh, Arlen's performance at Havelino when you guys brought that up, I think, I think he went out there, and I, I love the memes. You know, you know, Arlen made it on your boy Jack, Scott Jarick on Instagram. If you have, if you aren't watching that meme channel, you need to go check that one out. Uh, they're like, who is this kid from Ohio? Um, so I'm stoked to see him next year perform probably even better than he did this year. Um, and so I think it was a fun. That one was a fun one to go through all the different performances that were out there. So those are my thoughts on the Eastern performance of the year.
3: It's interesting too, how those performances, uh, you know, weigh in when, you know, we're deliberating and trying to decide who the ultra runner of the year is, you know, when you're looking at the full body of work and, um, obviously, uh, it, it gives us a good baseline when you look at, you know, some of those top ones and comparing against each other too.
0: Absolutely. Now, before we get into the next couple sections of awards, we'll go, let's recap, uh, Mr. Wesley Harton's year over here.
2: I think this is uh, about the time to do this. This is going to be interesting, you know, because I do want to start off by saying, you know, this was an incredible year overall for me. But I do want to, like, take a second, you know, really focus in because I had one failure in 2021. And this is, you know, one I don't really want to share with regeneration. You know, it's kind of, you know, one of those, you know, you talk about the highs, We also got to talk about the lows. And, you know, for me, the Monday mile is one of the most important things to me in my running career. You know, every single Monday, I have a rule. I run one mile. And uh, this year I went 51 of 52. And, you know, on September 20th, 2021 I was 38 of 38 and uh you know let it slip from my grasp and that was you know a really hard thing to deal with uh can't, can't oh, Wes, Wes
3: I'm so happy that's where you went with that I was gonna say dude you have so much time to find a wife <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you're going oh
1: <laughs> if, you, if you're not watching the stream you're missing a vein come out of my forehead <laughs> <laughs> Is that the, reason, the reason he missed that Monday mile, I believe will remain classified.
2: No, I'm willing to share it. So, you know, for me, like I normally like will schedule, like, you know, if I go on a date or whatnot in the evening time or whatnot, usually I try to get the Monday mile and before that, you know, or maybe wake up early or whatnot. And, uh, you know, this was a quick one, 5.30, right after work. You know, you're going uh, right right from work, basically to the, to the date, first date, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll do a, a late night 11 o'clock mile. But, you know, 18 hours later, no Monday mile Tuesday at like 5.01 p.m. when I got off work to check Strava. I like didn't even realize it until late night Tuesday. I was like, unbelievable. I ruined the Monday mile streak. So that's, uh, you know, just a fun little thing to look back on. But, um, no, for me, I mean, I, for a serious note, it was an incredible uh, year for me. You know, it was my first time hitting 3,000 miles in a year. And, you know, Michael's, mentioned before talking numbers, but I think for me, it's, it kind of was something I was like working to throughout the whole year. I was pacing Andrew Watt, the Leadville 100. And, you know, we were talking all things late in the night in the mountains. And he was asking me about, you know, what would make the rest of the year successful for you? And I told him that, you know, for me, success looks like Finishing the Rim River 100 and finishing the year with 3,000 miles. And, you know, as long as I take care of business, 35 miles I think left to go before uh, Friday, I should hit that. So, um, but it was it was an interesting year because, like, normally I, like, love to race. And, you know, that's something that's I'm really passionate about, but it just didn't happen a whole lot this year. I only towed the line twice at Mohican and Rim River, both 100 milers. And so that's something where, you know, looking back, I wish I'd de- raced more and, you know, something I'm definitely gonna work towards in 2022. Um, but I also had so many epic experiences, you know, at races this year, Ohio's Backyard Ultra, Promised Land 50K, Zion 100, Miler, Scout Mountain 50, Burning River 100, Leadville 100, Run Rabbit Run 100, Wasatch 100, Canal Corridor 100, I think I'm even missing one. Uh, From that list, but that's uh, all I can recall right now. So I you know I got a ton of experience crewing and pacing, you know kind of adding and seeing the different scenes And you know the one thing that I am taking away from this year most is that I really kind of fell in love with the sport of Ultra running on on a deeper level and I think that came through You know being at more races crewing for other people seeing you know, people accomplish their goals. You know, one of the highlights for my my year, and, you know, I looked back on this clip the other day, was seeing John cross the finish line at Canal Corridor 100 and being handed that medal from Emily Collins. You know, that was easily one of the highlights of my entire year. And, you know, being able to, you know, pace Andrew Waugh to a Leadville 100 finish and, you know, pacing Michael Owen at Wasatch 100. It was just those little moments. Uh, Paul Noble at Zion 100 miler. It's just incredible to kind of you know be there and for these people in, in the sport, and so that's kind of the one thing I'm taking away is um, my love for the sport really grew in uh, 2021. I'm excited to see where it takes me in 2022.
3: Wes, what does that look like? You said you're going to race uh, race more. Uh, what does that look like? Are you going to plan out more races early in the like early in the year? Because we know a lot of races you know fill up and sell out quick. Um, or are you going to take, um, a different approach? And it, ju- it just reminds me of this year. I think the most fun I had in a lot of my races were number one, some of the shorter, like sub ultra races that I did. Um, I had a lot of fun there and, and just races. I kind of jumped in at the last minute. I had a ton of fun at Shawnee 50 K didn't really specifically train or prepare for it, but it just ended up being a blast down there. So I'm interested like how you're, how you're going to take, um, what approach you're going to take to trying to add more races to your calendar.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spill all the secrets on, on this episode because we do have a goals, boss talks coming up that'll kind of talk about that. But I think it, it is important to kind of, you know, you do have to register to races to run races. I think that's, you know, it's not a secret. It's kind of what you have to do. And, you know, so I didn't register for a ton of races in, in 2021. So that's kind of the one thing I'm focusing on for 2022 is, you know, putting my name in the hat. You know, Cam today tagged me in a post about a race that's happening. And, you know, I said, let's do it. You know, I'll be you know coming off another race, you know, maybe you won't be super fit, but you know, I think it'll be cool to kind of just be there for the community and experience it in a different way. Throw those B races on, throw those C races back on my calendar. I'm excited to experience it and uh you know as well as a couple A races as well in 2022. Super yeah, excited I, about that.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I will say um Wesley we do know you're you're a big data guy. Um you know it's your your Strava account is not safe if Wesley's around is a thing that I think You know, you can say something, you know, like, oh, I've never run when it's 17 degrees before. Um, And he's going to find that run, (laughs) drop it in the group chat and be like, oh, really? Um, And here's what I'm thinking. You know, I know you've poured over your year in sport. You've seen the goals, you know, 51 out of 52 Monday miles. Um, Obviously, DNF at Mohican, but a finish at Ring to River 100. If you had to compare your year to any one uh, professional ball sport athlete's year, who are you going to compare yourself to and why?
2: You know, that's a great question, Cam. Uh, and for me, I think it's really only one answer that uh, hits this one on the head and it's Jeremy Lin. You know, he kind of showed up really quick for about a week and a half. That's kind of what I did on Forunda River. You know, I had a really good stretch in there and then disappeared for like the rest of time. So that was, uh, I think the only athlete I could compare myself to in uh, 2021 is Jeremy Lin. I, I you know what I'll I'll
1: take it. I think Jeremy Lin's um, NBA performances are equivalent to um the ninety-eighth fastest hundred miler in the twenty to twenty nine age group. Eighty-ninth? Eighty ninth. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't wanna I don't wanna shock you, but our very own Wesley Harton was the eighty-ninth fastest twenty to twenty nine year old to run a hundred mile race this year. Gotta give it up for the man himself.
2: Yeah. Shout out to Paul Noble for that uh, stat and passing that along to me. What a wild stat that is. So like, just kind of like, you know, baking down the age groups and, you know, I forget the website that has that, but you kind of go in and see where you place within your age group for all 100 milers in an entire year. It was super cool
3: to see. Yeah, just a reminder know. of all those old guys that ran faster than you, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah and i would so caleb Bones in the chat right now and i didn't scroll up for enough far enough to see where he placed in that
3: not even close
2: in that so uh, he's really that he's got to be top five i mean if not you know number one my goodness uh that's awesome but i if that's i think enough for my reflections let's dive into the award that i'm announcing tonight and i'm so pumped to announce this one. So I'm announcing the Women's Eastern Ultra Runner of the year, the EU Roy. And fifth place, let's start it off. I've got, we've got it going to Michelle Megagna, and you know, she had an incredible race. Cam mentioned earlier, you know, she also ran uh, Western States and had an awesome time there. Uh, fourth place, we've got it going to Micah Morgan Recent Returns Live guest as well, who absolutely crushed it at uh, so many performances this year. Looking at her ultra sign up, that was one that kind of jumped off the page as someone who's just had an incredible you know start to finish throughout 2021. Third place is actually a tie. It's Holly Ann Swan and Jennifer Russo, so they both had you know incredible performances. Holly Ann, you know, Rim's River 100 win. Jennifer Russo. Backyard, Ohio's Backyard Ultra assist, Mohican 100 win, as well as a couple other performances as well. Taking home the runner-up spot, we've got it going to Sarah Beal. She had a, what a year she had, you know, promised land 50K, course record. She went out to the Leadville 50 and had a, you know, kind of a tricky day out there, but absolutely crushed that race. I believe she still finished uh, sixth place, uh, just outside the top five there. And, you know, so many other uh, performances that she had, JFK, 50 miler taking second place there, well-deserved of the runner-up spot. And taking home the win of this year's Eastern Ultra Runner of the Year on the women's side is your Rachel Spaulding. Uh, you know, she's got the performance and the, uh, the winner this year, but she had an incredible year from start to finish. And I want to take a second year to highlight, you know, some of her performances. You know, she started off the year with the Terrapin Mountain 50K win after that quick bounce back to the promised land 50K, taking home second place. Uh, she won the old dominion 100 miler we had her on rejoin's live to talk about that race and she was the fourth fastest time in the race's history there Uh, she also made her way out west lake tahoe where she finished 10th place at the broken Arrow sky race and go check out that Ultra sign up and just see the, the names of the runners that you know she was in and around for that race because there were so many incredible athletes out there you know Big time West Coast runners and Rachel held her own at that uh, incredible West Coast race. So that was another super fun one to see. She won the Mountain Massacres 50K after that, and obviously the performance of the year at Hellgate 100K in course record. Uh, on top of all of this, you know, we do want to, you know, talk about, you know, the uh, you know, the performances themselves, but, uh, you know, Rachel's positivity and love for the sport is truly inspiring. For those that have raced uh, with her know that, you know, even when she's hurting, she's willing to crack a smile and brighten the mood of everyone around her. We're so excited to see her continue to grow into bigger things in the sport. You know, there's absolutely no limit based on our talent, hard work and our cal- character as well. So Rachel Spalding, congratulations on winning this year's 2021 Eastern ultra runner of the year what are you guys' thoughts
0: i think it's a very very well deserving award here it was tough to kind of go through and sit there and weigh individual performances uh you know but like you were talking about earlier is, is you got to take that step back and look at the big picture of the whole year um while you know like we were going back and forth like you know sarah sarah took first place at Promising land and rachel got second so then you're looking at okay well wait a minute is sarah more deserving of this award or not and it's like she was also bouncing back, but on the whole year, she still did better overall, especially with that Hellgate, was this, was the, you know, that one sealed the deal for me. It was just that, that t- sub 12 hour finish there was like, like this one's hers for the year. I, that was, That's was my opinion.
3: And this kind of brings in the argument. I think the classic argument that we see with ultra running mags, uh, ultra runner of the year awards every year is, you know, does the hundred mile distance matter and does it hold weight over some of those others? And, and I think, you know, even though I think some of the other races are important, um, certainly like races like JFK and things like that, um, it, it is kind of the premier distance or it's becoming so um, certainly in our sport. And uh, for me uh, personally, in my vote, it, it did it did hold a little more weight because of that hundred mile distance. Uh, but I think the real overarching thing there is um, and it's it goes for Rachel as well. But Sarah and Rachel are both really new to this sport. I mean, just a couple of years of running ultras, um, and then you can even go down the list to Holly Ann. Like, we are all really new and um, just getting into the ultras. So it's really no, it's no discredit. I think to Sarah's year, it's she had an incredible year as well. Um, it's just kind of when you look at that whole body of work, um, you got to pick somebody.
1: Yeah, I, I can't agree more with uh, what both John and Nick both said. Um, you know, it kind of feels like this year for me. A lot of these performances, it's like, um, you know, before LeBron James left for the Miami Heat, we kept getting beat in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, it's like LeBron James, clearly the best player in the NBA. He's clearly the greatest basketball player of all time already. And, you know, like we're still, you know, runner up in our own conference. Um, and it's just, it's so hard to make, to make that distinction. Uh, but when you look at the whole body of work, Um, I think that's really what changes it. And it's, you know, kind of what I said about Zach Beaven and it's like any other year, you know, um, as John said, the Hogate 100 K course record really puts it over the top Um, any other year. Right. It's like, Sarah, this is your award. Um, But we've got so many great people having so many incredible performances in the East that I think that's another thing to really be, be grateful for um, is that we have, so many folks to look up to, who run these races, who live in our communities, who are going to, you know, be out there. You know, they're going to be like Sarah Beal. They're going to be volunteering at the Shawnee Fifty. You know, um, they're not just somebody who lives and trains out west and they pop up to run two or three big name races a year that they absolutely knock out of the park. They're they're real people that you know, and they're they're really engaged. Um, and I think that just goes to show the the true depth and community that happens in these East Coast races that. You know, doesn't really get covered, and you know, we'll we'll hear my thoughts for sure after um, Ultra Running Mag puts out their own Ultra Runner of the Year awards. But uh, if there's a couple people left off, I'm gonna have beef, uh, and <laughs> we're gonna have to maybe let that beef cook.
0: Yeah, you'll know about it; it'll be on Strava.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you absolutely will. Um, I'm gonna go to
1: bat for any of y'all that were uh were listed here um, or even nominated. I I really, truly think that, you know, it's, and we all know this, you know, the community around ultra is what makes it what it is. And to come together to celebrate these kinds of things that aren't going to be celebrated, you know, in the more traditional media outlets. That's the reason that we're doing this.
2: Yeah, no, Cam, I wholeheartedly agree. And John, before we dive into your reflection and, and the men's EU Roy, I do want to mention the other names that were nominated as well for, the, for this award. And, and those included Tara Dower, Molly Doyle, Yeah, Molly Doyle, Nettie Zapatella, Jessica Kapowitz, and Mariana Grudziak. So uh, shout out to everyone that was nominated as well for this incredible award. John, before we announce the men's EU Roy, I think we need to dive into your personal reflection. Uh, You know, if I had to personally pick someone on on this Ridge Hunters team, you know, on the screen right now who had the most successful 2021 as a whole, you know, I would definitely give that award to you. So I'm excited to kind of hear uh, your thoughts on this year.
0: Well. Yeah, so this year was was really good for me. I was really excited about the way it played out. Um, I had a couple bumps along the way that had me concerned, and I, you know, kind of was a little defeated. But I, I one of my favorite moments of the whole year was when I texted uh, the group, and I was basically like, "I is Canal stupid six weeks out from Burning River when I dropped?" And like, you're like, "Absolutely not!" And then Voss is like, "Dude's on a mission. He's going to get it," <laughs> like, because I basically was like. Immediately, like, what was it? I think less than a week after Burning Rivers DNF, I was like, All right, what's the next hundred that I could possibly sign up for? Like, not giving up on that goal of reaching that hundred. Um, but if we took it back to the beginning of the year, I started out with um, nomies. I think I signed up for nomies on a whim because Cam was doing it. Uh, and then went down there and bodied Cam because he dropped. And then I also signed up for Warhammer 50 miler later in the year and also went and uh cam dropped as well and I didn't um so we had another one of those happen um and
3: just like dunk after dunk <laughs> after dunk. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it was
1: after it happened at Warhammer 2, I was like, is this a thing that I'm gonna have to deal with? Am <laughs> I just is John my kid tonight? Do I DNF if he's at the race? Um, is I mean honestly I'm I'm honored um, and I, I really think we gotta you know we've got the sports talk radio for ultra and we've got to get the sports betting for ultra running because whoever took you know that uh, Cam John to cover the spread I think it's good money on that uh, at the beginning of the year and he just blew me out of the water honestly
0: yeah and I, I think it boils down to like that that why that we were talking about with your reflection and and for me like I I had it and it was strong. This year with me, so like I, w- I wasn't giving up even if I was walking to the finish line or until it said, you know, either I got cut off by time or like at Burning River it was just unbearable for the pain. I just couldn't couldn't handle it there. Um, but it's interesting because like I was able to put in enough time I think to get things done, but I didn't put in enough time in training to get things done well, I guess so to speak. So like I'm excited for you know using what I've learned this year, being all the experiences that I had, being at all these different races, getting out and like, I'm not necessarily newer to the ultra scene, I guess, but I'm newer to a bunch of races. I've always done just maybe one a year. Um, and this is the year I've, I've done the most racing I've ever done in my life. And it was a lot of fun. Um, so I want to do the same thing next year and the year after that um, and just get out there and experience different different courses, different climates uh, across and whatnot. So. I don't want to go too far into next year's plans, but LFG and I'm ready to go. So, yeah, that's
1: that's all. I think we have to say about that one for, uh, for this episode, but, you know, as, as the one who has gotten bodied by John, um, multiple times this year, maybe we'll get bodied by John come April. You know, we'll, uh, we will see. Um, but the one thing I really do have to say, this is not even a press, um, but it's just, um, you know, like a compliment to John's year. And I don't think you're being, you know, like braggadocious at all when you're like, I had that why. And I knew, and I wanted this, and I was going to do this no matter what it took. I kind of saw that at Nomi's, you know, my DNF there was like, "Eh, like, I'm going out to Utah next week. I don't really care about this race. I don't want to do another lap. The course is pretty muddy. Like my feet smell, like there's a hole in my shoe. I like let every excuse be a part of that. And I was just like, I don't want to do this, you know? Um, and John was like, absolutely not. I'm doing this. You could just, I could see it, the, the fire in his eyes. And I, I can't wait to see what that desire turns into next year. You know, knowing that you can do the hundred mile distance, knowing that you can show up to a race that we're both at, and you're going to body me and throw down, you know, um, you know, terrible conditions that day at Warhammer 50. You're like, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm finishing this one, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see see what you can do with these next races because keeping that fire alive is going to be really huge for you, especially with the lessons you've learned this year. Like, you know, you can finish. And now we're seeing, we're going to see almost like, you know, you're John Dolovacchi the third, but you're going to be John Dolovacchi the third 2.0 come next year. It's going to be like Tom Brady moving to the Bucks. It's I'm real excited. for So
0: Uh, JD 3.2, is that what it's going to be? JD 3.2?
1: I, we might have to change your name to that.
0: Hmm. Um, And then I'm also, you know, looking back this year, also super excited about the fact that, uh, you know, I went out and we had our our Teton weekend, um, which we will have a film sometime early next year, mid next year. We haven't decided exactly when we're going to get that that rolled out yet. Um, But I am I just had a blast running and doing adventure stuff in addition to just running structured training as well for a race, but like just having fun running which is the whole point of why I started really um so that was also you know awesome that I went out out west and got to see some mountains more and uh got my biggest mileage training mileage week and biggest vert mileage week ever Uh, I think that week I actually led all of Ridgewater Nation on Strava with elevation um which was incredible for a guy from Ohio
2: yeah. And that, and that club is ridiculous competitive too. I didn't want to say that. So, uh, you know, that's awesome that you were able to take home that crown that week.
0: I think it was like 15% of my yearly elevation came in a week.
3: Was that perfect prep for canal?
0: I, I think it was because it was non-flat and so all my flat <laughs> muscles really, really got time to recover. And then when I went and did canal, I didn't have to do anything else for the climbing cause all those muscles were sore and recovering.
1: You, you heard it here first. Uh, if you are training for a mountainous Western ultra, you gotta you gotta get those flat muscles golden. <laughs> and if you want to run fast in the East, you gotta head to the Grand Tetons. Yep, uh, you gotta you gotta get up above ten thousand feet. You gotta get in the Alpine. It works. We we have we have a testament to
0: it. Yeah, I know. Jason Coop needs to reach out to me because we gotta talk about this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, sometimes the un- unconventional things work. I mean, yeah. it, it reminds me of uh, my buddy Grant Guthrie. You guys might know. When he got into Western States with one, two tickets a few years ago and decided his prep race for Western States, which is historically like a net downhill, pretty runnable, you know, except for the steep parts, he decided he was going to do, um, the cruel jewel 50 mile, like a month out from Western States as prep. And he did that and then ran, went and ran sub 24 at Western. So sometimes it is the unconventional things, I
2: guess.
1: Yeah. You know, and they, you got to make the most of what you have, right? Every, every environment is going to be different. Not everybody gets to pick where they live. Not everybody is willing to, you know, pick up and move all the way across the country to live in the mountains. Um, They always say it: heat, humidity, that's the poor man's altitude. It absolutely makes running appreciably harder. That's, you know, probably been my favorite thing about Montana so far is, you know, our humidity is incredible compared to Ohio's. I think I would melt if I Tried to run, cruel jewel. I would never survive. Um, and that's even if John wasn't there.
0: It's true.
2: Yeah, that Ohio humidity would get you. You know, being back east this weekend on my long run, I was thinking about Ireland, and I was like, oh man, okay, yeah, he just deals with this every single week, and so many other Ridgeon Nation members just uh, you know handle that. Every single time, and it's awesome to see that throughout their training. But John, the one thing I do want to highlight for you, you know, obviously the Canal Corridor 100 was also, you know, the big performance of the year that kind of like capped off your year. But you know, after that, like what four weeks later, six weeks later, you sign up for a 50k mm-hmm. on, a, on a whim and go out and run your 50k PR after Canal Corridor. So kind of like what Cam was saying, you know, next level. You know, we're just going to continue to see you grow within the sport, and it's honestly incredibly exciting.
0: I am just as excited. Can't wait for next year. And you'll have to tune into our next episode of Lost Talks to hear all about that.
2: Let's go.
0: Let's announce that award. All right. So I have the honor of giving out the Men's Uroy Award. And just to make sure everyone is aware, these are awesome. We're having these awards made. And once we get pictures uh, of the final product, we'll be sending those and sharing them as we send them out to their recipients. So... The winners, we will reach out to you at some point to get your addresses to ship these amazing awards out to you uh, because they are deserving of amazing awards. Um, We had a... What am I starting with? Fifth place? Sixth place? What am I starting? Sixth place. Sixth place? Sixth (laughs) place. So I got sixth place here. We got a tie for Zach Bevan and Jeremy Pope, both doing great performances throughout the year. Um, Fifth place award or fifth place going to Chris Roberts, who... You know, fantastic performance out uh, with um, Harvey down at Biggs. That was incredible. I can't imagine even fathoming running that far. Um, It's incredible. Our fourth place was Caleb Bowen with his incredible performance over at Rim to River uh, and doing well throughout the year on top of that. Third place, Michael DeBova. Second place. This is my, this is, this is good. We're getting real good now. Second place award. Harvey Lewis, which means our first place award goes to none other than Arlen Glick, a man well-deserving of this award. As we were talking earlier, looking big picture, Arlen crushes the game this year, and it's just how it goes. Our senior data analyst provided some stats on this. Um, (laughs) He's over there laughing. Um, Some of these come courtesy of Michael Owen on Owen running on Twitter says Arlen Glick is nine and one in the 100 mile races since his first one in 2019. Eight have wait, been, wait,
2: wait, wait. That's that's nine wins out of 10 wins, right? In in 100 milers, that yes, is ridiculous. Yes. he's nine for 10 for wins
1: with yes. 100 miles. Yeah, who, who is nine for 10 in finishes in 100 milers that you know? Seriously, start. Throw hey, names at me in water Okay, alright, we got one. Rick uh, Homan. Okay, all right, I get it, guys. Michael Owen. Uh, Shooty. He, well, he, he's only nine for ten. Um, yeah. Not to, to take a shot at him. Um, because he's run 10 really hard hundreds. Um,
0: I think Voss but, is working know, on like, the opposite of that.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
3: yeah. I couldn't say it. he's he's like i'm going for overtime it's it's like it's like what's that game uh where you can like you you bet on the number of uh hands you're gonna win in cards and if you bet you're not gonna win any it's like the hardest thing to get maybe that's it if i just don't finish any of them that's actually harder
1: (laughs) probably like the browns statistically (laughs) being so bad over so many years you're like i'm bound to finish one of these races all
0: right all right back on topic oh my god (laughs) Sorry, Nick. I had to.
3: Um, All right, I've I've never done uh, I've never done canal corridor. So,
1: uh, <laughs> oh! oh, he's still throwing shots. Um, we'll see how it goes BNF next 76, year. seventy six. If my money's on that, but, you
0: know. I think I'm gonna, yeah. We'll talk about it next week. I have some some comments for next <laughs> next year. Um, but for Arlen's, we got eight of them are sub sixteen. Six were sub fifteen and four were sub fourteen and that like that spread is incredible like the the precision basically on those times with that different and varying elevation is incredible to do um his fastest uh was at tunnel hill, which is a twelve fifty seven and that's the only one he did not win um and yeah that's that's incredible like I can't even imagine imagine having my legs move that fast it just doesn't work that way but well deserving um, and like you said nine and one in wins on 100 mile races since his first one in 2019 so
2: Yeah, and Carl Meltzer actually provided some other stats for 2021 alone, which is kind of interesting as well on Twitter. You know, Uh, he's in, you know, elite air with number of wins in a year alone. The amount of people that have won four 100 mile races in one calendar year include Clifton, Meltzer, Rose, and now Glick has four or more 100 mile wins. So I think, you know, and Carl Melter's kind of out there, you know, supporting, you know, letting you know, like, hey, this is this is pretty elite stuff, what Arlen did this year at these races. I think it definitely, you know, it it kind of just, you know, validates it even more. But obviously, you know, so many people saw, you know, if you were there at Mohican or you were there at the other races, you know, you saw what he did and, you know, truly inspiring performances across the board from Arlen this year
0: yeah and yeah that's that carl tweet was really kind of for me one of the things that kind of sold the final you know that that step above for for arlen to be above harvey on the year you know harvey did great with fkts and you know the Badwater win and obviously 350 miles like that's incredible too but i was just like looking at what i have to compare to i think it's what gave it that one step even half a step you know it was still a close race
3: it's no disrespect to Harvey, obviously, mm-hmm. either, you know, like he, uh, I think, you know, mentioned it was eight, eight of eight, his goal this year was the podium at all of those races. And he did. And for, and just to give Harvey a little credit to, I think the one that stands out for me the most, knowing that Harvey is a guy who runs uh flatter and faster races, uh, typically or backyards, um, going up to superior 100 in Minnesota, uh, and taking second place at that race. Um, uh, that's got 20 K vert. Um, just not what I would have expected from Harvey. So, um, uh, huge performance for him in that race too. And, you know, he did have a heck of a year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't agree more. It, it's the same exact thing that I said about, you know, Zach Beaven getting second to Harvey for men's performance of the year. Um, you know, it's like any other year, Harvey, like call us cause we need your address. We've got stuff to put, well, we got stuff to put in the mail for you anyways, but, You know, like it's just it's Arlen's body of work and that he's run so many hundred milers so fast is really just unfathomable to me um, in a way. And going from, you know, being at Mohican 100, which, by the way, it's his slowest 100. It was his first one at Mohican 100, which is about 18 hours. If you've run the Mohican 100, you know, 18 hours is so far from a gimme finish at that race He went out, and that's his slowest 100-mile finish to my knowledge, and he still won it. And then next year he comes up and he shatters the course record, and there was never a doubt. I'll never get over seeing him when I'm out there pacing Jamie Hanks at Mohican 100, seeing Arlen and his pacer pass me on their fourth loop when Jamie's on his third, and Arlen looks as calm and as fresh as can be. I don't even think the guy sweats. I I don't know whatever it is that he takes or whatever it is that he eats. I need to buy whatever it is um, because he's just, he's got it, Um, you know, and just that consistent number of 100 mile performances and 100 mile wins all stacked together. And when you add in the fact that we kind of discussed earlier, like Nick said, hundred miles is the premier distance in this sport. You know, I think 50 K's are great. That's probably all I'm going to run next year. Uh, I think backyard ultras are super cool too. Definitely haven't figured that out personally. Um, But 100 miles is the distance. That is the distance of our sport, and it's how we it's our it's our yardstick. It's how we measure performances against each other, for better or for worse. And there is nobody in the world that I want to bet against in Arlen Glick, in a 100 miler. You know, everybody needs to stop just calling him some guy from Ohio uh, because he's not just some guy from Ohio. And this is this is where my beef with Ultra Running Mag is really going to be because if he's if he's not in their top 10, I'm, you know. I need to find out where they live. Um, we've, We've got some things to settle.
2: And to be fair, Harvey and Arlen in the top ten for Ultra Runner Magazine, uh, yeah. Ultra Runner of the Year. Like it's well deserving for both aspects, for both of them to be uh, in that top ten this year. And it'll be an absolute travesty if they're abs- if they're not. And be you know, like Nick was saying, to Harvey had a phenomenal year, even starting the year off with a long haul 100 win as well. And you know, kind of you know, winning Bad Water, and you know, obviously the back at Ultra. Uh, course world record was truly awe-inspiring so you know Harvey this is the this is the toughest and the men's uh, EU Roy this year was the toughest decision I could even imagine, probably the last couple of years, if you were trying to give this award out to someone, I don't think it's, there's ever been, you know, one, two as close as these two were this year. And uh, this was just it was exciting all year to kind of follow them, see their races, see what they're up to and uh, continue to inspire people throughout the way. So that was, you know, I truly enjoyed what they both put down uh, on paper this year.
3: Yeah, I I almost I almost thought that Harvey was going to jump in Javelina just to go and like take his crack. (laughs) That would have been fun. (laughs) That would have been.
0: Uh, I was also excited to watch Arlen at Desert Solstice too to see him perform on a track like that, Um, and even his his comments afterwards on Strava were awesome. Where he's like, "I got a big old slice of humble pie today," and you know, it just shows that he's still got a ton to learn too in the hundred mile distance and and those longer races that are you know longer than that. And where he's going to go next year is just going to be exciting to watch.
2: Arlen wins Western 2022. I just, I, where's,
1: I mean, where where do I send my money? There's, (laughs) I know sports betting is only legal at casinos in Montana. So so my Venmo Um, is. There's some nearby. (laughs) Like, where do I, where do I sign? Tell me when to do it. You know, I, I say this, I've literally got on my long haul shirt. You know, we saw the performance Harvey had there. Um, but I just, you can't bet against Arlen Glick right now in a hundred mile race. I just, I don't know what it is, but this guy has the stuff and whether or not he has the stuff in 2022, you know, knock on wood, we're going to figure it out. But in 2021,
3: he was unbeatable at that distance. Well, the Western wind, the door is open because, uh, Jim's not going to be running this year or next year. And, uh, I think Arlen's got a good shot. I personally, I'd, I'd love for him to just really just shoot for top ten, um, get to top ten, and, and you know seal the deal there, learn the course, because then I think that would make him a shoe in to win it the next year.
0: Yeah, because a smart advice? Yeah. yeah,
1: that's that's conservative advice. That's advice you get from a, a man in his thirties like Nick versus
2: you know a twenty-four year old like uh, me. Um,
1: Arlen, is go, in his thirties.
2: Go with so, it, so, it. Uh, Arlen just turned twenty-nine years old, I believe. So.
3: Oh, ha- happy birthday,
2: Arlen, as of two days ago, as well.
3: Uh, he's also in your age
2: group, Wes. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, we need to change that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder where he placed up in the top of that uh, for the year.
2: Yeah, he had to be number one. Sorry, Caleb. But awesome stuff tonight. It was really fun to uh, announce these awards. And, you know, kind of like John said, we are getting these professionally made. And so we will be shipping these out to our winners. Do we have any uh, final thoughts from the uh, the team here? Who's got some closing statements? I,
0: I got some things here before we want to fully close out of this. Um, we did our, our reflections and we talked about uh, these amazing awards as well. But I wanted to kind of briefly do a Ridge Runners. Oh, my camera just died. We'll get that fixed in a second. But I wanted to talk a... It's a Wesley move right there. Oh, yeah, I know it is. A Ridge <laughs> yeah. Runners recaps. So I wanted he'll, to know... He'll be
1: running faster at 100 miles than you next year with this.
0: Yeah. Um. Just overall with just Ridge Runners and how Ridge Runners did and reflections on on shows and guests and what we've done over the past year. Um, so who wants to start? I think whoever wants to.
1: I mean, I think... Um, the big thing, you know, John. You mentioned that I'm a my position for work. I'm a senior data analyst uh, for a startup, um, and you know, I'll throw out the data numbers. But we more than doubled our subscribers, and we more than doubled our followers on Instagram as well, which is huge. We love to see that kind of growth because it means more engagement with our community, and more people are involved. More people they'll call into the show, they're nominating guests, they're doing that sort of thing, um, but also, the other thing that I really love data and statistics wise is that we sit a little bit better in terms of uh, gender for our uh, social media followers compared to ultra running as a whole. We're about 60-40 uh, male to female, um, which is really, really good when you look at the statistics in running as a whole. All the way up till ultra running it is generally more women are participating in races. Then all of a sudden in ultras, it is more men. Um, at the 50 K distance, it's about that 60, 40 split, um, which is where we are. And I think that that's really great. And that's one of my goals personally. Um, and this is, you know, we're not just talking about voices from the East, but we're making sure to, you know, put women on that podium next to the men, if we can get them on the show. Um, and also making sure to share the different voices in this sport that really make this sport whole. And it's not just about, you know. The guys and gals who are running fast out West. It's really about uh, this community as a whole. And I think that when you dive into the stats about who follows us, it really shows that that is who is also following us. So that was one thing for me when looking back on our year, that was really great stats wise
2: yeah. And outside of the stats, you know, like there was, you know, so many incredible conversations were had this year. You know, when I look back on you know, some of my favorite all-time Rich live shows and, you know, we launched Voss Talks basically at the start of at the end of 2020. But, you know, adding this to the platform as well. Um, you know, these were some of my favorite conversations. I personally learned so much from so many original Nation members. So thank you guys for, you know, being willing to come on the show weekly and uh, share your stories. And, you know, one thing that we do wanna keep improving on is, you know, getting different types of guests on the show to tell more unique stories. And, you know, we've received a lot of incredible feedback and we still are accepting feedback for our year in review survey that's in the YouTube description, I believe. If I did any prep work for this at all, I believe it's there. Um, you can go there if not it's on social media for us and you can you know, give us your thoughts about, you know, how can we improve for 2022? Because there's a lot of things that we do want to work on for 2022. We've had so many incredible, so much incredible feedback already that we're already starting to implement as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of big things on the horizon. You know, one thing that, you know, I personally want to, you know, take up to the next level, and maybe we can maybe not hint about this a little bit too, too much for maybe next week's episode, but, you know, prediction videos are coming up one more level in 2022 and i'm excited about it so that's uh my two cents on ridge runners 2021
0: nick how about you
3: yeah for me i think it's just you know the growth um the growth of not just the channel but you know the community of ridge runners nation and everything and just being able to um notice it you know and feel it when we go to races and things like that and people say oh hey you know by the way i'm i'm so and so and I watch your guys' show and love it and love what you guys do. And that's, that's the thing that sticks out to me. And, and I'm, I'm the most recent one, a guy came up to me and he, he goes, Hey, you're that guy from YouTube. And I was like, I paused for a second. And this was, this was in Colorado somewhere. And, and I thought, I thought maybe he, I think I was at, I was at a, a race, but I thought maybe he was talking about, uh, Ridge runners. And then he, he goes, yeah, I like the motorcycle show. And I was like, Oh no, that's not me. It's Not me. But no, but, but, but seriously, like, you know, we, I think we all appreciate, um, you know, when people come up to us and, and chat and introduce themselves and let us know, um, let us know what they think of the show and everything.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's great when people do that. And I love, it's, it's sometimes funny cause like, I don't necessarily know everyone's names or faces and it's, you know, more of like an introverted person. So like, I love when people come up and introduce themselves and say, we watch it and we like it and whatnot. And it just means like the world. Cause it's like, it's just a, such a good feeling to hear that. Like, you know, when I was running my nomies, like or running with my nomies, um, Dan, Dan Mead th- is his, I believe his last name. He, he came, was like running next to me and he's like, Oh, Hey, you're going to get it. You're going to get, I was like, huh? You're gonna get that hundred miler. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's awesome. Like I'm glad you are watching the road to 100 stuff and following the story with Ridge runners. And you know, that, that means a lot. Um, you're spending your time to basically listen to what we want to je- you know, just talk about on on live YouTube because we got nothing else to do uh, with our evenings. Um, and like Wesley said, not going too much into next year. I, I am just excited to take what we've been doing and what we've been working on uh, and move it up a notch. Uh, turn that dial to 11, as they say, um, if anyone gets the Spinal Tap reference. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, I, I somehow think that the age is showing even between like you and you and Nick somehow.
0: But how is um, that
1: possible? I, I also, I got that reference, um, which I don't think I'm the intended audience for it, but you know, so, is what it is,
2: John.
0: But it's, it's been a great year. And, and to add a little bit, a couple more is like, just, um, I think one of my favorite parts looking back on the year with Ridge Runners Live is, is talking to so many people, um, not only elites, but, people who are just normal human beings who just are out doing normal races with normal finish times. And it just was a huge struggle for them to get there. And like those are some of my favorite stories mm-hmm. to listen to.
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to piggyback off of that, John, um, to repeat something that I, I told you, you know, um, which is ultra runners are the least average, most average people you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> um, And I said that about John specifically, who was talking, you know, I I forget how it came up, but I I think he said something to the line of, oh, I'm just kind of like, you know, your average guy, when people see me and they see, you know, I I can run hundred miles, they go, oh, I can do it. And I'm like, John, you are so far from average, you know, you, I mean, you're an inspiration to me as a friend, but in addition to that, you know, everybody who chooses to be a part of this community is so incredibly special just for taking that step and choosing to attempt one of these things Mm -hmm. that, you know, somehow we represent the world really, really well, I think Um, in that, you know, you're gonna go to a race and you're gonna see people from every group. You're gonna see people with every kind of body type. You're gonna get beat if you're me by some dude with Nike shocks on um, who he's had him since 2006. And you're like, I don't know how you're not injured. And also why are you passing me at mile 27? Um, this is something I got to deal with, but you know, this is just such an incredible group of people who are all so normal in everything else that they do, but also so, so abnormal in everything else that they do. And if, you know, you look at the statistics for, you know, like how far does the average American walk in a day? You know, how many miles does the average American walk in a year? How many beers does the average American drink in a year? And almost every ultra runner is blowing out almost every one of those categories In every single way and that's just you know that's what makes me appreciate this so much that there's so many of these other people who like me are you know your least average most average people that you're ever going to meet in your life
0: true that and if anyone has anything else before do a quick close out um i just want to give shout outs to everyone in the chat this evening eric maggie michael chris roberts teresa logan caleb everybody Appreciate uh craig diatley
1: with craig. a late ad there yeah. as well I uh, he said thanks for an inspiring 2021 and you know honestly craig you're another one of those guys um one of the least average uh most average humans that we've ever met and you're you know an inspiration <laughs> to me that the background <laughs> ultra i need, this, ultra I need this on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that would be you know in i, I hate to say it as the guy who designed it and it's definitely uh maybe my baby um but that year in review survey you would buy a Ridge Runners t-shirt that says least average, most average person you'll ever meet. You can tell us there. uh, And we might be able to make that happen for you in 2022.
2: Yeah. I I love that. You know, I got, before we close out, I got one question. It's for uh, the man on the uh, far left side of the screen, Nicholas Voss, you know, in 2022, will you, we officially see you take over the main responsibilities of hosting the one and only program on Voss Talks that has your <laughs> name, Voss, that has, it, you know, on the YouTube channel that has your name in it, Voss Talks.
3: Oh, uh, I don't know, Wesley. Uh, I don't know. I guess we got about a week to figure that out and uh, we'll, we'll have to let you know next week on the next Voss Talks.
2: Let's go. Next Wednesday, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern, we will be having our goals, goals, and more goals Voss Talks where maybe, just maybe, Nicholas Voss will be holding down the fort with uh, all of us. We cannot wait to kind of, you know, give our goals for 2022, our goals for Ridge Runners for 2022, and also hear your goals for 2022. Call in next Wednesday. We cannot wait to hear from all of you. That's all we got of this episode. Thanks for joining us. It's been an incredible year. Ridge Runner Nation, we love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great night. Regeneration, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Voss Talks. Remember, if you want to call into the show, check our social medias to find out when we're going to go live next. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a Strava club as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.